Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Gary Church Podcast from Gary Church here in Wheaton, Illinois. We would love to have you worship with us. You may find out more about our worship services at www.garychurch.org. This is the scripture and sermon from June 13th, 2021, the third Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon for the Sunday of Ordinary Time is entitled, As If. And our scripture is read by Alan Reed. At Gary Church, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 34, from the New Revised Standard Version. He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The year I graduated high school, an iconic movie came out, Clueless. How do I know it's iconic? Not only was it an instant hit, but with Netflix and streaming videos, it's more popular today and has so many more legions of fans. The movie is a modern take on Jane Austen's 19th century classic novel, Emma. It stars Alicia Silverstone as the triumphant Emma, or share in the movie. Also, many actors who would go on to become famous, Stacey Dash, Brittany Murphy, Donald Faison, and the, of course, the inimitable Paul Rudd, who my kids know as Ant-Man from the Marvel comic universe, or my older kids know as Bobby Newport from Parks and Recreation, and peculiarly has not aged a day since its film. In a classic scene, Cher is walking into high school. She's dressed in the iconic yellow and black plaid suit, and she's regaling the audience in a voiceover about how no one would want to date high school boys, comparing them to untrained and nervous puppies when a random boy tries to put his arm around her which is kind of jarring in today's context, but she forcibly 
pushes the boy strongly away, looks into the camera, and utters three of the most famous words in all of cinema. cinema. Ugh, as if. Now the phrase, as if, comes from the slang we began to use then, but is still popular today, coming out of Southern California. It's, It's short for, as if that will happen. Or as if I will let that happen. You can say it when you think an event or an action will never occur. And I can't read today's scripture reading without using that valley girl accent. The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground. As if. I actually think it works pretty well in this context. Um, Because when speaking about actually spreading the gospel, many Christians, even in congregations and traditions that would say differently in their everyday life, they look at spreading gospel and think, ugh, as if. I don't think it comes from a place of disgust, like Cher in the movie. It comes from a place of fear. No, brothers and sisters, in the last... Six years, the last year and a half, the last five months, do we know about fear? Fear has taken hold in our collective unconscious and consciousness. It is almost as if we are prey, and it is a predator, always in the shadows, constantly stalking us. And it has influenced our lives and our faith in ways we are just beginning to grasp. When we think about spreading the gospel, we begin to fear. Fear of being rejected, of doing and saying something wrong, or that we will be an embarrassment to polite suburban society. We fear that when we do spread the gospel like seeds, it will not take root and grow, and we will be the cause a failure to God. That fear keeps us from being the kingdom of God, which Christ calls us as Gary Church to be. And in stark contrast to to this reign of fear, our scripture for this morning comes along about the kingdom of God and a seeming happy-go-lucky planter without a fear in the world, just throwing the precious as gold seed from the previous harvest, the seed which will feed the kingdom and continue its future without seeming to have a plan at all for it. It is almost to the point of being frivolous, reckless, and prodigal. It's as if, you know, he's just throwing seeds all over the place, just willy-nilly with seeming absolutely no plan at all and has as much hope as throwing seed in a sanctuary. However, that is exactly what God calls us, the kingdom of God, to be with the love and salvation of Christ. We are called to have no fear that the that the seeds of the gospel will sprout, but to have trust that God will ready the soil 
and hold to a certain hope that there will be a bountiful harvest. That is our simple task, to spread the gospel all over the place by telling our friends, family, and everyone we know in our community to invite them to join in the gospel feast. Let us spread the gospel without fear, but with hope that God can grow what we cannot. Let me say that again. Let us spread the gospel without fear, but with the hope that God can grow what we cannot. Our scripture today, uh, want us to look at three things that comes out in it. It's the sower and God and the soil and God. Those three, sower, soil, and God. And first, we look at the sower and God, and we look in our scripture this morning that Alan read for us, And it's from Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to pick up at verse 26. The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle. Because the harvest has come. I want you to notice that the person here, their one job is to scatter the seed. The kingdom of God doesn't know how it's going to grow. And the kingdom of God may not know know how, but the planter, the kingdom of God, knows that God will find a way. That is the hope. Hope that God can grow what we cannot. We call the kingdom of God the sower. But in reality, we are the thrower. And God is the grower. And when we throw seed, even in places we think that there will never be a yield, God brings about a harvest. This is the wild overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Let us spread the gospel without fear, but with the hope that God can grow what we cannot. This We concentrated on the sower and the God. Now we concentrate on soil and God. Because interestingly, this is not the first time Jesus tells this story. He actually tells another version of the same parable earlier in the the chapter. Jesus has called his disciples. He chooses to preach and teach as opposed to staying with his family. And then he begins teaching and he tells a whole bunch of parables kind of in a row. And this one he kind of tells twice. The one we read today emphasizes the wonder and hope that God is the one who makes things grow. The one earlier in the chapter, although similar, has a little bit of a different emphasis, but it has a lot more details that may help us out. Again, earlier in the chapter, in Mark chapter 4, and here I'm just going to start in verse 3. Jesus says, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. 
But when the sun rose, it was scorched, since it had no root. It withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. Now the interesting thing is that in most of Scripture, Jesus doesn't explain his parables. He does that on purpose, and he talks about why he doesn't do it. But this one, Jesus actually explains. And he goes, in a couple of verses later, he says, The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root and endure only for a while. Then, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire of other things come and choke the word, and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. This parable made a strong impression on me as a, as a young kid in rural Indiana. It made such a strong impression on me. I remember in vacation Bible school, we were asked, to, we were you know, told the story and it was acted out and we learned about it throughout the day. And then our teacher had us make a drawing of it. And I was so inspired. I think it was probably the best drawing I've ever done since then. I was in third grade. That was the height of my artistry. And, uh, and I remember looking at, I just, I went crazy on this uh, sheet of paper. And I remember uh, my teacher came and looked at me. She was like, Brian, that's, that's a lot. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, and she goes it's really good. Uh, so what do you think of it? What are you thinking? And I remember just stopping and looking at this picture. And I see, and in it, you know, there's, there's, there's birds coming down and, and getting the seed. And there's, there's, uh, there's the, the seeds coming up and then quickly fading. And then there's thorns. I made these really nasty thorns. They looked really evil, like ripping across these little seedlings. And I thought, what kind of soil am I? That was the first thing I thought about. I thought, what kind of soil am I? You know, he gives four different kinds of soils. And only one yields, that's 25%. That's not a good percentage. I was at least that good at math. And I could figure that out. And I was like, man, what if I'm one of the soils that, you know, the, the, the birds come, the Satan comes and takes it right out. Or I receive it with joy, but then I fade or the world comes and chokes it out of me. What if I'm one of those? And then I started thinking, of, you know, then selfishly, of course, I think about myself first. And then I started thinking about other people. I was like, what kind of soil are they? And I was thinking, I remember particularly at that moment, I was thinking of my uncle, who I dearly loved, who I was trying to tell about Jesus 
very unsuccessfully. And I remember thinking, man, what kind of soil is him? What is he? True. The different soil represents different kinds of people. But notice that Jesus is not making an ontological claim about those people. In other words, that soil or people don't always have to stay that way. They are only that kind of soil at the moment that the seed is thrown. God can change the soil. It is not that way forever. And that is the good news, that God can change the consistency of the soil. God is going to bring other sowers behind us, ones who will throw seed behind us when we are not there, and maybe at a different time will even bring us again. We don't live in fear that certain people or even ourselves cannot receive the gospel because God can change the soil. God can bring about things that we can't. That is our hope. That God can grow in ways that we are never able. But the soil in which we are able to witness the gospel take root and grow to maturity, we have faith that there will be enough for a harvest. Let us spread the gospel without fear, but with the hope that God can grow what we cannot. I think that this idea of fear, and this fear that we have about growing the gospel, really does just become a real part of our psyche, even from young ages. We have this fear, and then we have had years upon years of fear. Our fear has influenced every part of our lives, as we spoke about earlier. It's caused us in these last few years to fear immigrants, our neighbors, our fellow citizens who come from different economic backgrounds, or black and brown sisters and brothers, our government, our friends, our United Methodist Church. Everything. And fear causes us to retract. It causes us to hold on, to be scared of others and the unknown and not to risk. Instead, to hoard those things that we find precious. This has a huge impact on us as Gary Church. The church can be one of the most risk-averse places in all of America. It's because we're scared to lose something that is precious to us. Think about it. We have had in these last year and a half to make so many changes. And how many times did you or someone else complain that things weren't the same? That you didn't like a change or a new idea we tried to implement? Am I the only one? Because I would be at the front of the line. (laughs) I'd right up there. Yet even when we failed, we learned. And some of these things will enhance our ministry for years and generations to come. Some have made the gospel available to people we would have never reached before. And some of the things we did, we were like, well, we can't imagine that this will even work at all, but we'll try it. And then in ways we never imagined, God used it and it flourished. There are so many examples. I think of worship. 
about how we had to gather, how we had to put it together. I think of the kinds of sermons we did and all the different ways of communicating and how so many people were like, I would have never thought of that before unless y'all tried that. Ways of using music. I mean, I think of today, we're so thankful for John. I mean, how many times were we featuring the marimba beforehand? How many times were we featuring uh, music that, that didn't require somebody to sing? Think about, uh, I think our driving communion, how important communion became to us. I mean, I think communion, of course, the sacraments are always a central part of worship, but boy, did they mean something different. And did we come to appreciate it in ways we never have seen the gifts of windows of God's grace like that. Or reaching out to those who are sick and lonely through Gary Cares. We're finding any way imaginable to meet outside even in cruddy weather. You remember us gathering around on Christmas Eve just to sing and hold a candle. These are all things, and of course I think about all our technology that we have now. All of these things will teach us to do ministry in new ways that we would have never done before. Fear can sometimes stop us from throwing gospel seed where we need. And it's not just like that life in our life as a community of, of, or a congregation. It's in our personal lives as well. We do not want to spread the word, the gospel, because we are fearful. Again, fear makes us retract. We're trying to hold on to something that we find most precious. And I don't know about y'all, but as me as a planter in my garden, in my backyard, I want to control everything, right? I've got these little seeds, and I want to be in charge of everything because if I'm not in charge of everything, it's going to fail, right? I only, and then even when it's successful, and I've got this great tomato plant, or these raspberries, or these asparagus, it's just one little plant in one little place. And I'm like that with the gospel. I will admit sinfully. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's like, you know, I think to myself, I want to tell people about Jesus. And then I start thinking about people like their soil. Well, maybe this isn't the right time. But finally, maybe after this event or these years or this just happened, or maybe then they'll be ready to hear about Jesus or they'll actually be ready for me to actually invite them to an event or maybe then they'll be willing to try something. I try to predict the soil. And we are terrible at determining soil. And we're terrible at determining when people are ready to hear about Jesus. That's not our job. That's God's job to grow. Our job is simple, to spread the word, to scatter the seed. God takes care of the rest. God can, over time, through God's grace and power, even change the consistency of the soil. We spend too much wondering if the soil is good or not. We cannot know. That is only God's concern. Our simple task is to spread the good news and God will take care of the rest. Let us be free of fear. As we come out of this pandemic, let us be free of fear. Let us try new things. Even if we fail, who cares? 
Let's tell people about Jesus, no matter who they are. Let's tell them about our relationship with our Lord and Savior. Invite them to a class meeting, to take them with you on a, on a mission into that coffee where y'all pray together, to pick them up for a Bible study. Let us not fear. Let us not let the rule of fear take hold in our lives any longer. Let this be a new era for Gary Church and our lives. Fear will have no dominion here because we are a gospel people. We are an Easter people. We are a resurrected people. We are a victorious people. Let us not be scared to scatter the word of God. The seed wherever we go. Because somehow, in even ways we don't expect, it will take root and it will yield a harvest. And in the end, that's the only job we have. To scatter the word of God. Let us spread the gospel without fear, but with the hope that God can grow what we cannot in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gary Church Podcast. If you would do us a favor by rating and reviewing us on the application you are using, it would be a huge help. Also, share our podcast with a friend. Thank you so much. And now receive this blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the power of God the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.